Super Talk Mississippi media production. Joining us now in the People segment, as he has been so kind to do over the past few years from the SEC Network. You know what? I'm calling you this, Peter. Peter Burns. You are the face of the SEC Network. Um, I, I, Actually, that's good because, listen, actually, it probably should be Alyssa Lang because she's a lot better looking than me and Dari's a lot more talented than me. But I'll take that, boys. Like, I'll, uh, I've been called a whole lot worse, especially from, um, you know, LSU fans this week because I'm all in on Mississippi State. So uh, I'll take I'll take the face of the SEC network. I'm happy with that. It's yours. It's yours. Everything I you know I talk about the SEC network. I talk to some some beat writers who cover LSU. Some people who do national college football. They all just say the same thing. They're like, yeah, we just don't Mississippi State. They should be ranked. They should be ranked. And it seems to be like this this chorus of everybody saying it. So I'll ask you the question: Why aren't they ranked? Well, because people are idiots, one, and don't, you know, don't, don't ever think that us media people actually know what the hell we're talking about, right? I know like, that. Uh, that's, that's definitely one. And, uh, but I think the thing is also is that it's been out of sight, out of mind. You know, I mean, I, I think everybody gets caught up in Mike Leach and, you know, his press conferences and, you know, interviews and stuff like that. But what they didn't get a chance to see is, you know, a, a disjointed first game because of, of the weather delay. And then I think a lot of people, you know, Mississippi State's dealing with a little Pac-12 after dark yeah. situation where a lot of people didn't get a chance to see that game against Arizona. And hell, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I did Sunday morning radio, so I watched like the first quarter, and I was like, I, I'm out. Like, I, like, I, I, and I wake up and see how well State did, and go back and watch the film. And and so for me, I think a lot of people are, are the rest of the public. I think that it's just out of sight, out of mind right now. But again, I, I think going in, you know, we talked about a lot about this over at Media Days. Is like, wh- why was there not more respect for Mississippi State? And I think there was just quote unquote sexier headlines: Billy Napier going to Florida, Brian Kelly being hired there. You see Shane Beamer having this like real b- a bunch of social media trending, and of course Lane does whatever Lane's going to do, and then the Jimbo and Nick Saban thing. And meanwhile, I mean, State was just building a damn solid team plugging in some good players and oh by the way it's it's year three underneath underneath this system and yet they still not given that love but it's it's amazing to me honestly Peter State starts the season two and oh possibly people people talking about them being ranked were you still surprised State was favored because I, I honestly was when I saw the line come out Sunday I, I, I'm not I mean uh, you know because I look at and I think you can just hear from Brian Kelly and how he was talking about this matchup this week. And he talks about why it makes sense that that they are favored going into Tiger Stadium is the fact that they do these things extremely well. They're a very precise machine. And you look at Mike Leach and guys, I mean, hell, we know we know the concept that he's been running, right? Like, you know, for the last 20 years, it's like, all right, we've seen the film. We know it's just air raid offense. And yet for 20 some odd years now, no one's been able to just you know, figure it out week in and week out. It's not like a fad that goes away. And so it's because everybody knows their role really well in this offense. And I think that just poses a whole hell of a lot of issues for a team. Guys, remember LSU had 39 players last year in the bowl game. <laughs> like they were starting a wide receiver at quarterback. I mean, it, it was, it was like a, a you know a duct tape and bailing wire to put this team together, and all of a sudden I'm I'm supposed to think that you know you add forty some odd players on this defense and a bunch of transfers and stuff that they're just ready to play a sound football team. I 
I don't buy it, and I say that as an LSU fan. This is a great year for quarterbacks in the SEC. A lot of top end, yeah. a lot of future first rounders. Where do you have Will Rogers in that group? It, it's so tough with Will, and, and that's unfortunate. I think that's one of the things that kind of get lost in, in the jungle or, or the whole idea of this offense is that he's never going to give the love, right? Like, no matter if it's five touchdowns, they'll be like, oh, yeah, it's Mike Leach's offense. Well, I mean, somebody's got to be the trigger man. And, you know, the thing I think that I, I take away from Will, and this is when I talk to other people who really, really dive down into the film, they see the maturity of Will Rogers, right? From, from the first time he took snaps in this offense to now understanding how to make more of the reads, understanding how to read a defense, and understanding when people are trying to confuse him, he's no longer confused and can check out and make the right decision. So... Um, the problem is, is that it's always going to be a quote unquote Mike Leach offense. And I, I think now even the players after a while, whether it be tech or whether it be over at Washington state or, or now over at Mississippi state, I think quarterbacks in the system understand that they're always going to be a little bit underappreciated despite the stats. And frankly, I think that's part of the brilliance of why Mike Leach recruits the right guys that don't really care about that. You know, I mean, because, hey, the, the, while the numbers are going to be there, the headlines traditionally aren't. And that's why games like this against a big opponent, which I think you're a better squad, are so important. I, I remember, hell, interviewing Dak Prescott, you know, right after, you know, right before the LSU game. And I think want to say 2014 or 2015, where they absolutely crushed him in Tiger Stadium. Mm. And that was really a huge coming out party because they were like, oh, state beat LSU. And I'm like, well, yeah, they were the better team. And I, I think a lot of the country is going to see that come Saturday night. Does that air raid bias, if that's what we want to call it, does it trickle down throughout the position players? Because one of the things I was really surprised by at media days was that no MSU player receiver made all SEC when you know, you know one of these guys is going to finish the year with 80 to 100 catches. Yeah, but, but the problem is is that it, it's almost like paralysis by statistical analysis because yeah. then you look at it and go, all right, well, then whether it was Polk or somebody, you're like, all right, well, this guy's got 80, this guy's got 75, this guy's got 60. It's like, well, wait a minute. Like, who who else are we putting up there? I mean, in a weird way, sometimes less is more. And so, you know, if you, if you only have one wide receiver – you know, like Traylon Burks was one of those guys last year for Arkansas. They didn't throw the ball a ton, but because he was so top-heavy in the receiving results, you're like, well, I mean, that guy makes the offense, where it's actually more of a compliment to what State does. It's like, no, they've got six guys that make the offense, and a credit to the quarterback who can who can say it's dealer's choice. If you know, I'm not just dependent on one guy to throw the ball to every single time. So, yeah, but but again, it goes back to what I'm saying is that Mike Leach has to recruit a special athlete, a guy that wants to get the ball, but a guy that also is like, listen, I, I know that if I don't get seven looks today, next week I'm probably going to get 17 looks and the ball's going to be passed around enough. Peter, where do you see Jaden Daniels this week and where can he be successful against Mississippi State's defense? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think the thing for Jaden is that he's trying to figure out with a really – Oh, I mean, guys, I mean, we could probably almost start on LSU's offensive line. I mean, I, I say that kind of as a joke and kind of not really, right? I mean, you got a center who had never played center. You got a true freshman left tackle. You got two guys from small colleges 
in the interior part of that line. And that's the reason why Jaden Daniels was named the starting quarterback because the offensive line was not great. Um, and Nussmeyer was pressing a little bit more. But, you know, for him, I think this week it's a matter of – or actually any week, it's a matter of him looking to pass first and then run, right? Instead of being a run-first guy who all of a sudden, all right, if it's open, my first, you know, my first read, I'm going to pass it. I think he'll get better at that. But the problem is that you're going up against State's defensive line, which I think is still pretty damn talented. So, you know, I don't, I don't think it gets much better. And, I, you know, I think the, the emotions of that win against Southern were great. You know, Kayshawn Butte was in a better headspace. Malik Neighbors was, Micah Baskerville. But when it comes down to it, you, you got a team that is – you know, I, I liken them to like a grizzled veteran mid-major right now that is ready to kick somebody's ass in, in, in Baton Rouge. And, and again, guys, I, I would be shocked, shocked if LSU ended up beating Mississippi State on, on Saturday night. I, I like that prediction. But the one thing that – I hate I the how- prediction. I'll tell you, guys, I absolutely <laughs> hate it. You know, I was talking to my dad, and, you know, we're diehard LSU fans, and – and and because we just don't know what to expect with this team, and I, I'm actually okay with that. Like at least state fans, like y'all, kind of know the direction. And hey, it's year three on Mike Leach. There's a lot of veteran leadership. Like you, you know what to expect as an LSU fan. And it's it's weird and kind of exciting. Like you don't know what to expect week to week on what you're going to get out of this team right now. The, the one thing I think where LSU can have success is if Jaden Daniels decides to run because. Unless Mississippi State plays differently than they have the first two games, quarterback quarterback runs if or, or when when the when the pocket breaks down and, he, and yeah. the quarterback can can get outside, that's the Arizona's quarterback had a lot of running room and for some reason he would throw it when there when, when it was open and he he probably could have gained five or six yards and that's the one thing I think where Jaden Daniels can hurt Mississippi State is when the pocket does break down and he can scramble and gain some yards with his legs. Well, and that and that that's his biggest strength as well too, right? And I and I think Legion this defense they kind of know that at this point to where you know it, it's a matter of you know they want to turn this thing in my mind I would imagine. State wants to turn this into a little bit more of a shootout than more tr- time of possession. And the only reason why I say that is because I'm not sold on Jaden Daniels' ball security enough if all of a sudden LSU needs to try to throw this thing 30, 40 times. Like, I don't, I don't think you want to get in a track meet right now with an air raid offense. And, um, you know, I, I think that's, that's going to be interesting with John Emery coming back this week. And, you know, he missed an entire year. He hasn't played football in almost two years, but he's a very talented running back. Uh, I am kind of curious to see how much they utilize him this week. If for no other reason to make teams respect the run a little bit, because they sure as hell didn't respect it a- against Florida State. And that's why Jane Yanos had so much of a, a, an issue for those first three quarters. All right, Peter, I promise this next series of questions. It will make sense in the end. Just just go with us. <laughs> but, but are you a wine drinker? Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. pour out some for the guy who invented Franzia, Two Buck Chuck. I saw he passed away yesterday. <laughs> he but, did, uh, he did. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll drink something only if my wife tells me it's good because okay. I'm normally like a crown royal so, guy. But, uh, you, you know, how, if, if your wife's a wine drinker, you know, you know, they swirl it around in the glass and you smell it and then you oh, yeah, and, yeah. And, and you get all these different flavors and some of them are stronger than others. What we've been saying here on the podcast and on the radio the past couple of days here is, in the just in the back of the palate, 
there's a hint of 2014 on this team for Mississippi State. Just mm. just the faintest note. Now just, I'm not saying just, this, <laughs> I'm not saying this team's going to number one by any stretch of the imagination. But it feels like you know they've played these first two non-conference games, and that's kind of similar to 2014. They were yeah. you know going down to, to to Baton Rouge. It feels like a win here is going to lift Mississippi State to possibly a nine or ten win season. Do, do you get that impression as well? Yeah. Let me let me waft up this, uh, this little <laughs> thing. I'm, I'm doing the vintage start. I'm doing, yeah, I'm doing the hand motion while you're saying yeah, it. Yeah. A very uh, Ben six twelve. <laughs> Um, yeah, just, um, yeah, I, I hear like a little, I, I feel some oak. I smell some oak and the aroma of, um, and, and hazel. No, like, I, I mean, listen, it, what it takes, what it takes is, I, I, and as much as we talk about this offense, guys, a 2014 was like, was slept on, on how good that defense was. Is too. Yeah. I mean, it, it was Preston Smith on that team. Yes. If I'm not, yeah. I mean, like. Yeah. McKinney, yeah, yeah. I mean, they had dudes, and and I think they've got levels of special players. I, I don't know how many NFL guys are on that defense right now, but I mean, I go back and remember that that offense was was out of control, and 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 again, they had was Derunya Wilson on that t- squad. He was. I, t- I, I thought I got. I thought I I smelled a little Derunya there in my in my decanter of uh, of twenty fourteen line, but um, you know. Again, I, I don't know if I'm going to go that far, but I mean, think about what could happen the next two weeks, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, you're you've got this game, and then is state. I mean, is state plays A and M. It's, it's Bowling Green. Green next week, it's and then Bowling. it's A and M Arkansas at home. Back right. Then. So it's so I knew A and M was pretty quick on on the on on the docket. And you you should ideally be catching an A and M team that might be fresh off a loss of, to Miami mm-hmm. um, and Arkansas because remember mm-hmm. they got to play those two games. So um, I mean it, it's it would be special, man. Uh, you know, and like I said, I, I just wish Will Rogers would get a little bit more love, but I also don't think Leach is the kind of guy that is going to go out there and you know. In, in, in politic for his guy, I think he's just like, hey, you know, <clears throat> you know, as he clears his throat, <laughs> you know, he, he's just this is football, and we we throw it where they they aren't, and that's the kind of the art of war that he runs out there, and he's he's fun, man. I mean, again, um, I, I want to throw a question to you guys in the podcast, okay? okay. So I, I brought this up a couple of days ago. Give me the top three coaches that if you saw tomorrow a moving van across the street where you live and a and a current sec coach was moving in who would be your top two or three coaches that you would want to live next door to you and who's the one you absolutely would not want to live next to all right you want me to start brian go ahead Stephen. yeah next door sam Pittman. okay yeah i would love down home just seems like a good guy um number one on my list absolutely I, I totally agree, Leach. Because I would be, I would just be interested to see what he does as my neighbor. Okay, you know, it's, up at it's three four in the o'clock, morning, man. It's I don't four know. o'clock in the morning, and I can just go knock on his door. So let's talk. Let's talk about some stuff. True. And, okay. And then let me let me run through my in my head the SEC coaches real quick. Um, Saban. See, I don't think Saban would be fun. So Saban's not a good neighbor. Yeah, Kirby, no. yeah. I mean, Kirby's a little bit too intense. Yeah. Um, Brian Harson's kind of, you know, I mean, you're, you're a little bit out there. I don't know if I'll get like conspiracy theories from Brian Harson or anything like that <laughs> in the middle of the night. 
Um, if I Kiffin think, wasn't the Ole Miss coach, I would say Kiffin. But just for the fact he coaches Ole Miss, I couldn't do it. No, but Kiffin would be a great neighbor. Here's a low-key thing about Kiffin is Kiffin's one of those guys. You see, I like I don't talk a bunch of my neighbors, not because they're not nice guys. It's just like when you do radio and television and you're just you're sick and tired of like or like talking <laughs> at the end of the day. Like I want to just wave to my neighbors and say hello to them. And so, like, that's why I think I could be neighbors with Kiffin because I feel like we would text yes. each other and I feel like we would wave and be like, hey, what's up? What's up? Like, we wouldn't have to have this conversation. I would be deathly afraid of, of living next to Mike Leach because I feel like <laughs> anytime I would go take out the trash, Leach would be like, uh, <clears throat> uh, hey, uh, you know, you might be trash. out there for an hour. Yeah, yeah, it might be an hour. And like, sometimes I want to have like a three minute conversation where it's in and out, boom, boom, boom. I feel like there's a lot of awkward conversations with Leach if you're his neighbor to where you don't really know when to exit. Like you don't, this could it's, be a two minute deal. It could be a 22 minute deal. I got, I got another one, Shane Beamer, cause he would cut your grass for you. Beamer, like if you uh, like, Hey, yeah, I, I yeah. forgot, I forgot. I'm gonna be out of town I left the stove Man, I'll on. Yeah. yeah. I'll cut yeah. it for hey, you. I got, you. I got it. Don't yeah. you worry about it, buddy. Such, he, Eli Drinkowitz is the same guy. As well. exactly. Jim Jimbo's the one I wouldn't want to live next door to. I ah. just feel like that would go badly. I just I just don't I don't think it would work. Plus, uh, I enjoy. He's got a lot of. He's got a lot more to worry about. Right yeah, now. he does. He does. If I see Jimbo moving to Starkville, I, I'm a, the the property value of my house just went up because that guy's worth a hundred million dollars. Life would be good for me. No, no matter what, how bad it gets, too. Think about that buyout wise. Like, yeah, it's hundred million. Even, uh, it's a one hundred percent guaranteed contract. So, yeah. that, what a weird, strange world of. I mean, these are huge two weeks for for Jimbo Fisher down at that at College Station. I mean, Whoa. he's going to be there absolutely, but it just it it just makes it a lot less awkward. If How you can painful be, is at it least be, beat Miami? Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Well, I guess that's just about it for this. Uh, this wait a minute. Finally, finally, we get through one of these. Don't you do it? Don't I you just do have it. to wonder though if you had any thoughts whatsoever? Don't do it about our cousin Chris. To hell with that absolute, um, you know, I almost curse. This is every year that you have me on the podcast, I almost curse when you bring up Chris. And I was thinking that we had made it so far. Yeah. In fact, I put the kids to bed, and then now, there you go. I've got to, to hell with Chris, man. I mean, like, seriously. He's got nothing better else to do. I, I Honestly, I didn't. I thought he was still on probation. But, we we uh, need man, to send you a story. picture of him because yeah. – I mean, I'm just saying that if Ted Cruz ever goes missing, we could just yeah. put him as a body double, like that movie Dave. <laughs> okay, <laughs> he could just he could just be right in it. Politics the same and everything. He'd be so, just fine. So Chris goes to Cancun when it gets really cold. I got it. No, I understand. I totally understand the whole thing. Brian, Brian, how many texts are you gonna get tomorrow? When uh, Chris hears quite a few. I'm a, I will ignore them all. Chris Cruz. I'm gonna Incredible. leave him on red. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Peter Burns, the SEC, the face <laughs> of the SEC Network. Always a pleasure, man. Thanks for joining us. Later, boys. Enjoy the game. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.